Hey guys, what's up? Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Please like, subscribe, share with your mates and enjoy the episode. And yeah, that's it. Another episode of the flip side. So today is a Sunday. Usually I don't work on a Sunday, uh, but I've been sort of crushing out the last few Sundays and today, Christian, major breakthrough. And I'm just thinking like, what if I just chose to take today off? Like I remember I, was, I woke up and I didn't feel like getting out of bed, but you know, I forced myself out. And like, like if I didn't work today, the breakthrough I had today, there might be a chance that this breakthrough would not come for another six months. And it's crazy how life works like that. Today I was talking to my sales manager and we're just like, how do we make this work for our sales team? Right now, we're working on this phone call funnel and it's getting better and better. We got it break even, but then we brought on four new high ticket closers, four new salespeople from all over the world. And the numbers are sort of too profitable. And it's like this weird catch 22. It's like, we can't give them more commission because the company's not profitable. But if we don't give them more commission, it's not worth their time because they're not gonna make enough money to be a full-time salary. So like, how the hell do other companies do it? Like, how does a company pay an employee 80 grand a year uh, where that employee just like doesn't bring in 80 grand a year. The average commission rate is 10%. So let's say an employee costs 80 grand, that employee needs to somehow bring in $800,000 worth of uh, revenue. But that's like near impossible. So I was like, how the hell do these big companies do it? And I was just thinking about it. I put together this whole like company calculator where I try to figure out all my expenses, daily expenses, and try to move numbers, move percentages, and figure out what was happening. And I cracked it. But before I go into the solution, how's everything been, Christian? It's good. It's good. Look, I'm, I'm very interested and keen to hear as well, but I'm also happy. Happy for you um welcome back guys today is oh dude it's so bad i'm like completely out with dates so i don't know what date it is i just know what day it is today's a sunday although every day feels like a sunday right but today's sunday the 8th of august um we're filming at 4 p.m episode 47 edging closer and closer to a year yeah man i've, I've actually been good it's been a good week i did a few things um i bought a skin ages ago that came i put a skin on my phone that's about as interesting. And I did make a, I'm into a new hobby now. So I, I've entered a new hobby, but we can go to that later. Um, but yeah, like episode 47. Thanks guys, as always. But um, yeah, like, let's hear it. So what if, what because when you said 10%, did you mean 10% on 80,000 being surplus of what they earn in terms of like 1.1%? So if an employee makes 80,000, they need to bring in essentially 1.1% of what they earn being 800 or did you mean $8,000 as a commission revenue? I'm sorry, I just got a little bit lost in that detail. Yeah, that's so totally fine. The 80,000 would be their 10% commission. So if they'll commission only, um, wow. yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh wait, there's no base rate, no base rate. Yeah, that's why I'm, 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 I'm when you, now that you mentioned that, I'm like, damn, how do they do it? How do you say 80,000 is a commission salary? And no base right jesus that's tough before we can dig into it is eighty thousand a lot too little like well what's is, is the shocking what's the shocking reaction towards it's more so that like no base rate and then eighty thousand. like for me 
I can understand it if it's like a huge company. Obviously, you're still growing, etc. Right. So for me, when I hear eighty thousand, it's just commission alone. It, it's a, it's a lot of money, regardless of how you want to spend it. It's a lot of money, right? So it's like, damn, like how do you get creative and like you know getting the eighty thousand salary? So yeah, I'm keen. I'm keen to hear. It's not that I don't think you can. Obviously, it's more so that it's it's a large number. You know. What I mean? Yes, yes, yes. Because like, because um, you know, comparing eighty grand to like all our peers and staff who are working full time jobs. Like you guys are all close to 80 grand. So I was like, I was just, I was surprised. I couldn't tell if it was like, wow, that that's actually a shitty number for commission only or if that was a really good number. No, that's a good number for commission only, especially like, you know what I mean? Because that's 100% right. I was like basing it off what my salary and some like 80 grand in commission only is better than what some graduates are getting straight out of university. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's a big number. Okay, so cool. yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. So I was just crunching the numbers and I was like, at like at 10 at 10 8 percent like you just we, the the they wouldn't make one unless they bring in eight hundred thousand dollars then they'll give themselves 80k but like that's like nearly impossible because then i'll crunch the numbers okay if they have to bring in eight hundred thousand dollars every year divide that by 365 days then that means they have to bring in what's that what's eight hundred thousand around 2.1 2.1 thousand Oh yeah, oh that is achievable, I guess. <laughs> but for some reason, in reality, it seems achievable, but it's not really. Just because they have eight hours, and in in that eight hours, they have to say close two people. If they close two people, thousand each, I guess that means that's two thousand in revenue. That's two hundred commission for that day. Um, but then this also takes into account they're working every single day. So when you do the five days a week times 45 weeks, then the numbers drastically drop, <laughs> drop a lot more. Cause I think that's a 20% decrease on the weekly and then another 10% drop on the, the 52 weeks. So all, all of a sudden the numbers just dip a lot. So in conclusion, I just, the numbers was just, it wasn't working. And then I was like, huh, what happens if I just like have a hundred salespeople, because I am a fixed cost business. And then I sort of remember like economy of scales and sort of that kicked in. And I was like, well, let's try this out. I put together this formula at four, say four salespeople were like, at, let's say we had a net profit margin of like 30%, but the high ticket closes weren't getting paid that much. They were getting paid like 20 grand each. I was like, all right, let's bump up their commission to like I don't know, like 50% just to try it out. Okay, now at 50%, they're making like 65 grand USD per year. But now the company is negative 20% loss because we're paying them too much commission. Let's go from four high ticket closes to 20. And all of a sudden, my profit margin went from negative 20 to like 50% in profit margin. The salespeople still made the same amount because even the company made more, they split against the 20 IT closers. And it was like, holy shit, the secret is hiring more people. The secret is economy of scale. Since I fixed costs, if I just hire more salespeople, it just somehow works out. And you're retaining that profit, um, sorry, commission rate of 50% or you want to retain it at what, what rate with like more people in? So with more people, technically, um, with more people, I can actually do either. I like I could decrease 
the commission rate. Number, I would have to keep the commission rate the same for them to be earning 65K. So I need to figure out a sweet spot where they're able to earn like a decent amount of salary if they, and if they're working hard, it's lucrative. And the only way I can have that leeway is with scale. So it's weird how like, like I was reading um, uh, Richard Branson's book and how he just throws $50 million every time he starts a new company. And in my mind, it's like, how the hell does that work? Well, why do people need to borrow money? And why the hell is, like, I, I know a friend, he's quite wealthy, but he's going, ahead, going around looking for funding to build out his sort of um, weed brand. I was like, but you have a lot of money. Can't you just fund it, start small and just slowly grow it over time? But sometimes they're just things that just don't work on a small scale. And I'm starting to understand why people borrow money. And we were talking about borrowing money last uh, week. And it's everything starting to click. All the dots are connecting. This whole time, I, uh, I've been a huge believer of just starting small, using your own money, slowly growing, never borrowing, never being in debt, slow growing. But sometimes there's literally, it's impossible to make something profitable on a smaller scale. And it just made sense today. We, that's insane how we talked about it last week or the week before. Right, and venture capitalists. So yeah, you're hundred percent right because you get to a point where you, I don't know, this is just from like watching Silicon Valley. Um like this this the group of people, you know, they had a great product in terms of decentralized internet or whatever, and they literally hit a stone like a, a, a brick wall. They hit a brick wall because they were growing faster than what they could essentially afford in the sense that they had all these big aspirations and everything, but they couldn't you know, take the next leap. So they went to the venture capitalists and, you know, they pitched and everything. So like, yeah, like it's one of those things where like if you had an injection of funds into your business right now, you'd spread it all on human capital, pump it all out, get all these high ticket books. Like would you, obviously you'd allocate it and, you know, you'd put your resources accordingly into the business depending on different needs. But like, yeah, just send it straight through. So like, is this something that you might be considering going down Avenue or is it, like, how do you, how do you, how do you see yourself navigating through this in the next couple of months, given that obviously, you know, you figured it out now it's like, okay, but even if you do get these people, the risk is that they possibly don't um, pull through, like maybe just like, just on the off chance that they might not, you know, like might not exceed your expectations or like just be under the expectations that you expect, you know what I mean? So it's like, how would you manage those expectations? Yeah, I think right now there are different numbers we have to tweak. Like we need to improve the shop rate, the closing rate, the AOV, the average order value. Now if we just kept the numbers the same to like be able to feed the, like feed the high ticket closers with like a high commission rate, but at the same time for have the company be profitable, like if we wanted to just keep the, sh the current shitty numbers, we would need like 50 high ticket closers to like break even or something. But like it was so unintuitive to me that when you're making a loss, the solution is to hire more people. And then when it clicked, when I'm doing the Excel and I'm, and I'm like playing with the numbers, it's like, wow. This is something I just never thought of. I never understood. It was just not not in my realm. It's like a, a like a a, a um, paradigm shift above me. It's like a tier above me where I'm like, whoa, this is cool. Have you? Um, I reckon you should speak to your 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 friends again. Yeah, the guy that um the in the warehouse, the guy that does. Yeah, that. yeah. I reckon speak to him, give him a dialogue, see what he says. He'd definitely have some insights, maybe. Most definitely. Time, you know I mean? Because 
yeah you're right like now you're in a like shifting phases like you're like ah shit like you know you're so close to breaking through the barrier above you now it's up to you how you go at, like you know go above it so like the challenge it's a challenge but are you going to change anything are you going to do anything different are you are you you just going to like focus on getting it or, or what's the plan what's the plan so right now the next action items are we're going to try hit a higher shop rate a high aov test different pricing models set goals we now know we have leeway for a high commission value because the main problem was this morning i was like i don't know how much commission i can actually afford because i don't know like it's, it's weird because there's ad spend but when i buy the ads i'm buying say for example phone numbers the phone numbers might not yield a return today but they might yield a return in six months time so it's like this weird balance and i was just in the dark and then when I started doing the Excel, I was able to get clarity on everything. So now I know how much commission we can give. Therefore, we can sort of create structured sort of um, tiered goals where if they hit certain shop rate, AOV, close rate, then we could give them more commission. And it's, it's weird how like the better perform, the higher your commission rate. And that's sort of how the rich get richer because it's weird. Like even on an employee level, if they do better, they'll get paid more percentage and then a high percentage just compounds more growth. But at the same time on the company level, if the company does better, we can afford to pay more. And it's like, and then if we pay more, then more people want to work. So it's this crazy flywheel effect. So I'm starting to understand that. But those are the next action items. But tell me about this new hobby of yours, Christian. Firstly, obviously, you know, it's good to hear that everything is compounding. You're getting it all done. I reckon in the next month or so, I reckon episode 60, we'll hear an update because these things take a lot of time. You know what I mean? Like it takes a lot of time to implement. You've only cracked it now. And it's like, even though you have cracked it, you need to have talks with maybe, I'm assuming your accountant or your financial manager, whoever, whatever you have in place, and then see if it's feasible in the short term. What are your plans in the medium term for you know you know getting that capital and going forward? But because now I understand like scaling is difficult. Like I did not know how difficult it is. It, like it's just it's like scaling is hard, and like there's it makes sense why people would be stuck in the hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollar range because like that next step is much more difficult than it seems because I hired all the right people and I, and I was hiring sales people I was scaling the team I was just like adding more people to it but then the people I added in I don't think I could I could um, feed them and then if I do want to feed them then I'm going to have to hire more people ironically but yeah funny because like only a few months ago I remember when I was at yours when you finally you know got around to getting your first full-time sales employee that the, i think the big dog that you got underneath you now and it's like that was a big stepping stone for you because at that time you had you know so many different people who were like results were iffy and then now it's like okay that big dog stepping through now you want like another 20 other big dogs on that one big dog you <laughs> sure like in put it in layman terms in terms of you know employee um output and then so that's a growth in only a few months. So like, think of it like that. Like, yeah, it's like hard at the moment. You finally cracked it and you feel good, but it took a long time for you to get to the point of hiring that one full-time person. And now you move on and then you're trying to get another one or a few more, you know what I mean? So it's like these challenges keep coming up, but you've got to be prepared for it. Don't yeah, like 
I was even considering just like paying some people that have done like I know people do like 30 million a year just like on a similar course funnel but they're like at the top of the top and just paying them to learn but the, the breakthrough I had today just like trying to crack it myself writing the whiteboard just thinking about it was like a breakthrough that I couldn't pay for to be honest and as I'm growing more and more people like at a certain level you don't pay for information anymore like you learn how to figure things out yourself you ask the right questions you do probably pay people but you don't pay sort of entrepreneurs like you go straight to the actuary and you'll be like hey can, can i pay you a thousand dollars to look at these numbers and figure this out you don't go and pay some mentor or some consultant to look into your business because if, if they had that much knowledge then they'll be killing it themselves um, type of thing one of those you're right you're 100 right like you'd pay a specialist you'd pay a plumber to come in and plumb your house essentially you know what i mean like those sort of things as opposed to you know paying someone with a proven business model how does it work in yours and then it doesn't translate always exactly the same but at the same time like where did the inspiration come from for you to like think about all these things about the sales employees that you have you know being able to essentially feed them pay them taking the next step and there's like when did you like okay i'm ready i'm, I'm i can do this like you know like because you would have had to brainstorm heaps to come to that conclusion in the sense that it wasn't easy because obviously it would have been racking your brain for a while you know what i mean so like did you just wake up being like okay i'm gonna figure this out and you just blocked out time out of your day like I, like i'm sitting here thinking i hope i didn't ruin your flow today like your thought process at 4 30 in the afternoon no Monday, like the, I think that the whole flow finished like the reason why I'm behind because I had that mini breakthrough and I just kept pushing at it but, but now I'm, I'm finished on it but let's scroll up to the first message I'm actually pretty curious I want to get a breakdown on how I got to where I am like by the end of the day so this morning it's one of those now that you've got the momentum going as well you need to keep going otherwise you're just going to like lose it and then it's not going to be the same you know what I mean so the first thing was I, I went ahead and calculated the shop rate, the closing rate of our, all our current sort of closes. So that was step one. Then I played around with the numbers and the numbers look pretty bad. And I even put in my sort of big dog, uh, my, my sales manager, Anthony, into the mix. And then I put in his number. And I was like, Anthony, do you, should we go ahead and share this leaderboard with everyone? Two, one show that hey they're slacking behind on your numbers two two out of the four numbers are way better than the other two salespeople. so maybe to motivate them and that is said one problem if you go ahead and share them this leaderboard they'll see my numbers and and my numbers even though they look good they're not that good like if you so I think it was his numbers were like over one month or something and obviously we haven't tweaked it um, yet and we haven't come to this realization yet. But he said to me, just in case one of the high ticket closers are listening, he was like, hey, you know, if we look at my numbers, I did the maths. Let's see. I did the maths on his own numbers and his real experience. And it was like, not much at all. Like it was making like, let's see. I don't know. He, he wasn't making enough to be lucrative and making it worth his time. I was like, all right, cool. Maybe if we increase the shop, right? from like 30% to 50%, okay, that, that'll make things a bit better, but now you're still making a salary of like a teacher. All right, let's improve the AOV from like 700 to 1,000. Um, okay, now you're sort of 
making a similar amount to like a like a graduate. I'm going to butt in really quickly. AOV acronym for me. Ah, oh, thank you. Average order value. So okay. how much we're getting and making out of each client. All right, let's bump up the AOV another fifty percent increase from a thousand to one thousand five hundred. Okay, if we do it like now, the numbers look like it makes sense. Like you can probably pull in like maybe eighty k a year, but like it, that means we need to increase AOV by hundred percent. We need to increase the shop rate by like fifty percent, and like these were like pretty tough improvements. And I was like, damn, like there's a good chance we can't do that because like we can't make everything better with what you have at the moment. Yeah. So I was like, the only thing that would increase the sales person's salary is the commission percentage. That's something we haven't changed. So uh, I was like, all right, but I, I don't know how much I could increase it. Like, you know, how much can I increase it by, you know, from like say 10, 20, 30, like what's the limit? So I was like, okay, that's something I need to figure out. And I was like, all right, I'll write this down. I'll figure this out tomorrow. I'll create a whole map where I include the cost of the appointment setters, the team, the ad spend, then figure out if we somehow talk to 100 people per day per appointment setter, 2% of people get booked into a call, uh, the people who book in a call, 50% show up. I build out the whole thing. Currently, let's say it's like, I know a company average profit margin is like 20%. That's like a healthy range to be in. So just playing around with the numbers and that's sort of when the breakthrough came. Like when I was playing with the Excel and breaking it all down, I was like, holy crap. Like I know we have fixed costs. What happens if we have to go from five to 20 high ticket sales closers? Okay, if we need 20 sales people, then we need like an extra more appointment setters. Let's link up these numbers. We have I change this, it changes the amount of appointment setters, which then changes the wage for the appointment setters. But appointment setters, they're from Philippines. They only paid say three, four dollars an hour. So that doesn't scale too much. Um, and I was just playing the numbers. I was like, holy shit. If I go from five to 10, all of a sudden my profit margin went from say, 10% to 60%. Now it's at 60%. I could afford to give the salespeople say five to say 20% in commission. Those are just random numbers. I'm just throwing out, but that's sort of how it all went down the whole process from, let's see, probably started at, because uh, one of the tasks was create the, create a lead lookup formula to figure out who's showing up, etc. That was at 1.30 PM. And then over the last, Three hours, all that sort of transpired in, in that three-hour process. And I talked to called Anthony. I showed him. They were testing different numbers, and and like, yeah. In the V, now it's onwards and upwards, and then obviously take some time, process it, and then next week I'll ask for an update as well because it's quite raw at the moment. You're going to spend a few few months, I reckon, implementing it and getting it all ready. But interesting, interesting phase. You definitely got to like, you know, call a few people, get some insight maybe call mentor from America, see what he's saying. If he says anything, we'll have to see. But yeah, that sounds sick, right? Congratulations. Well done. Thank you. Got to you celebrate the small you. wins because if you keep celebrating, you got to celebrate the small things and the small wins. Otherwise, you know, you get complacent, not get complacent, but it's good. You know, it's good to be, it's good to be grateful. You you sent me that TikTok, I think, or uh, something ages ago. you got to, you got to be grateful. you got to be, you got to be, you got to keep you on your toes as well. You know what I mean? But yeah, good shit. I rate it. I rate it. I rate it. So, show me your phone skin. Honestly, your new phone skin, Christian. Oh, uh, 
It's just that um, it's just a D brand. Oh, oh you know how that, that looks sick. You know how all the tech YouTubers just have a D brand. Dude, that's sick. Um, I've always been shopping off D brand, but um, yeah. So like, past week I've just been um, I've okay. So like I've entered a new hobby, right? So like, obviously you know about the hobby, bought Yu-Gi-Oh cards. That is what it is, right? I showed you ages ago, right? And so in lockdown, I've just been like, I've always been monitoring this for a long time. I've just been monitoring, monitoring, and then, you know, I'm um, I'm going to be leaving my my job soon. Obviously, I told you about that ages ago. So I'm like, you know what? I'm in lockdown. I might as well just keep working because I have nothing else to do. I do want a break, and I will get that break, but I have nothing else to do. So I found a new hobby, and I made the purchase today. It's coming in a month or so, and I'll be building it. Oh, bro, it's expensive. It's a dark hole because it's like you can build so many beautiful ones. It's mechanical keyboards. Mechanical keyboards realm. So I bought. So what I so obviously mechanical keyboards are there. Is it just essentially a keyboard? And the whole point of it is, well, you don't have to just build it all the time. But the whole thing is building keyboards I, I, like i've always wanted to build one i've always been looking through the subreddit mechanical keyboards r slash mechanical keyboards i've always just been lurking on it but i never really paid attention to it the past two weeks i just went ham i just did i just like dove deep into it i did so much research i was just like reading into it watched so many youtube videos and i was like you know what i want to build one this looks sick but everyone uses a keyboard for different things. What do you like what what do you primarily do every day that you use your keyboard for like do you you run numbers and everything, right? So, like, what's important to you on a keyboard? Do you need a numpad or do you not need a numpad? Ideally, so this is my current keyboard, just like a normal yeah. Apple keyboard. Ideally, I would like a number pad, so I want to get the longer version. So, I think that would definitely help because the number pad is pretty good. Um, Typing-wise, also just send a lot of messages, um, type a lot of notes. Um, yeah, I think, well, what I want out of it, probably like if I were to like upgrade this, I would get one with a number pad. Two, maybe I'll get something that feels better, more satisfying. Um, and I think th that's about it. Um, those two things, I think the keyboard's organized in like a fairly nice um, ergonomic way where I'm able to reach all the keys, but, but yeah. Yeah, because like for me, the way I think about it is I think of it as an investment. You use your keyboard every single yes. day. You need to have a good keyboard. Otherwise, it's just shit. Like it's like obviously for your wrists and everything as well because you could be sitting down talking. Like it's something that you don't think about the economics of keyboards. And there are some whack keyboards out there that people make that are just ridiculous. Like I'll, I'll share my screen if I, found one, if I find one like in the next couple of seconds. But the main thing that I thought is, okay, I want to build a keyboard. Okay, look, I'll, I'll share my screen with you really quickly. Like, just, just, just look at, look, look at this. Like, there, there are some really interesting. Yeah. So this is like what they call a split. So wow. there's like something like that, but there's like some of them are a lot more wilder and just like more crazy. So like, look at that. Wow. Like it's, is it more ergonomic or anything? Yeah, it's more ergonomic because you're not like putting it fingers like that, like you're just spreading it out, you're comfortable and everything, right? And so that's got a wrist strap as well. They cost a lot more to make because they're not what um they're not the usual form factor, right? But 
I didn't realize I didn't realize how like huge this community was until like I really deep dived into it. And there's so many things, so many intricate things that like everyone pays attention to. So, you know, you mentioned that ideally you want a numpad. I need a numpad too. In the day-to-day work that I do, I need a numpad for everything I do. But the keyboard that I have, like it's huge. It's massive. It's just way too big, right? It's way too big. So I'm just like it's very big. I don't know if I want it. So what I wanted to do is I I want to build one. And the most common form, they call it a 60, 60%, right? That's called the, the most common form. I'll, I'll show you a 60%. Now. Whoa, that's super cool. Yeah, you were saying, you were saying. Um, yeah, what I was going to say, I was like, yeah, I always wondered, like, because I know you can go on AliExpress and get like a bunch of like keyboards for like, and it'll be mechanical keyboards. We'll have that nice, satisfying click. We'll have different type of switches. We'll have some LED lights and something like that. If you were to buy like a Razer version of it, it'll cost like two, 300. And I was just confused. Like, well, what are you paying for? And like, are these 20, $30 ones worth it from AliExpress? Are they good? Um, But yeah, you can probably answer the question for me, I guess. It it just depends because like you don't know what you're gonna get essentially with the AliExpress ones with thirty bucks because I spent a lot of money on the ones the one that I'm about to get. Was it different parts or was it a kit? What I got is I got a kit, so I just got the casing. I got the what they call the PCB, so it's called like a motherboard of the keyboard essentially. Do you have a resting thing as well, like a mat, like a thing for your carpal tunnel? No, I already have one at the moment. Like I have a, I have a mat on my desk at the moment that I can use, but um, I might get a wrist, a wrist um, thing as well. Um, but this is the one that I got, right? So it's expensive, bro. Whoa. This is just the case. What? This is, it's just Whoa, the case. Whoa, so cool. It's just the case. This right, is actually so. sick. And, and is there like, what's, why is the case so expensive? Like, yeah, is it like well, heavy? This is like, it's completely aluminium. It's all the entire case is aluminium. There's no plastic on it. The plastic, obviously, it's, if it's plastic, this would be maybe 50 bucks because like it's so easy to mold plastic, right? You know, like any plastic is cheap. So why is those case, those like keyboards on AliExpress like $30 if the case because itself costs 50 the most likely like plastic and then they probably depends on the type of keyboard it is like as well like it i really don't know how they can manage to push it out for 30 bucks like they probably they're probably manufacturing it for a lot less you know what i mean but with with this whole community you buy everything separately then you put it all together so the way i'm going to do it if 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 i pull off this first build really well I'll build you a keyboard, bro. I'll build you a nice keyboard that you can use as well. It'll be satisfying, but obviously within budget because it's expensive. Can you build wireless? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. How does like Mac? Can you have the command key for Mac users? Yeah, yeah. Oh. So the whole thing is you can you can buy the motherboard. It's called a PCB. And then you can switch it out to a Mac one if you want. And then you can get different keycaps, the so different style colors on the keys. And then you can get different types of clicky noises. It's it's like it's it's ridiculous. Like the, it, it's completely stupid. Because like the one that I want, it's called. I need a numpad, but I wanted everything squished together, right? So, I'll show you a photo. Now, when it comes to the clicking, is there like a range on how expensive that individual component can get? 
or is that like pretty standard like the most butterfly whatever a orange blue blue what do they call it blue switches or some shit like is it like or does that go up to like Flare, infinite, expensive. There's like so many different companies that manufacture so many different switches. So like at the end of the day, it comes down to personal preference, how you like them to feel, sound and everything, right? So I want something like this. I need a numpad, but I want everything squished together. Oh. I don't like it. So the form factor is like squished. So it's like compact, right? It's not huge. But the most common one is a 60%. It doesn't come with a numpad. It's just a plain keyboard like this. Right. And then what switches do you want, Christian? Or what switches so I again? Like there's so many different types, but I'm going to buy one that's, I don't want it too clicky because I don't like the clicky noises. So ideally the keyboard that I build eventually, like, you know, when I start work next year, I'm going to take that to work because I don't want to use another keyboard. You know what I mean? Like if I'm going to build it, I want it to use it as much as possible. You know what I mean? So I want to get something really silent So for work. So there's, you can get switches which barely make any noise and they're just very like you can go on youtube just type in asmr silent switches or just silent switches keyboards and you can they make no noise right now but, how much does when you buy a switch set how much does it cost for like all the different or like one for example if you buy silent switches how much does that cost actually depends like it depends on the brand and how good they are like some silent switches because it's harder to make silent switches um with the switch itself like the housing and everything for a pack of 10 it could cost 12. so if you're buying for a full set keyboard it could cost like 120 dollars for getting switches and then on top of that you need keycaps for the switches so it's like it's an expensive hobby man. so 10 dollars <laughs> for 12. now how expensive can a switch get what's the most expensive switch you've seen i've seen 15 dollars, but that's like 15. Yeah, so you know Tifu, you know the uh, YouTuber Tifu. Yes. So Tifu had someone build him a keyboard. It was like commission build. Some a YouTuber built a t um, keyboard for Tifu, and they used a specific type of switch, and it looks nice. It sounds decent. It's a bit too clicky, right? But because Tifu's using it, like popularity shot up heaps. So it was like eleven dollars for like five or ten. So it's like expensive. Yeah. So like this is this is a rabbit hole that I'm down in at the moment. I've so ordered... switches never get to like fifty dollars for ten switches. No way. No. Nah. Yeah, cool. No cool, cool. That's 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 mental. Like if 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 the, if the bill goes well and if you're interested and you want a mechanical keyboard that you know you can use forever, if you're gonna buy an Apple Magic keyboard because they're still good, the Magic keyboards. You know what I mean? Let me know. I'll be happy to help you build one or build it for you. But yeah, like, I don't know how this happened. Like, I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll get into this hobby. And if I like it, we'll see what happens. Maybe it's like commission building for other people. Like, we'll see, we'll see. But I, like don't, good, I don't know. That could be a side hobby. That, that might be your yeah. side thing that you've been looking for, Christian. Yeah, that's the thing. So, like, we'll see how it goes. Though. Like, I, I want to build this one first properly. TikTok it, and document then, it. Film the process. I, I will film it, I will film it. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting because... It's one of those things where I never really thought I was into. And then like, I'm watching all these videos. I'm like, God damn it. This is like ridiculous. Like the science that goes beyond, not the science, but the amount of energy that people put into this. Track now, Christian, like, if the switches, that's sort of like capped at like say $15 for a pack of 10, which part is like you go as high as possible. Which part of the keyboard is probably the most expensive part that ranges from $50 to like 5,000. Or does that not exist? 
probably not 5,000 because eventually all the keyboards become similar. Like the high-end keyboards are fairly similar. It's mainly the housing, so the case. I'm just I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna go out on him. I'm so I'm gonna be spending five hundred dollars on this keyboard. Whoa! Damn. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot because like it break down their parts. So two hundred for the casing. Yeah, two hundred for the case. So. The way I thought about it is like, this is going to be, I'm going to be using this for ages. Uh, we have a mutual friend that like, I didn't know he was into keyboards and then he was Shash. He don't know he's listening, probably won't. But yeah, like I talked to him about it and, he, and he's like to me as well. He's like, dude, the way I think about it is you're going to be using this for ages. It's going to be like a one-off build. Just go hard on it. So you know what? Fair enough. But the only reason why it's costing so much is because the case that I want in, in the form factor, it, no one does it. Barely anyone does it. Because the 96%, what they call 96, because it's compact with the 10 keys, no one does it. Everyone just does what you have. What you have is a 60%. Do you have Do you have a numpad? No. Sorry, an arrow, an arrow pad. Arrow pad. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you have a 75. So oh. 75%. That's, that's so the common. Wait, so that means yeah. 60 doesn't even have arrows? No, 60 doesn't have arrows. What? Yeah. It's how do they go up and down and stuff? They don't. They have a mouse. That's the thing, like, that's what that's what I thought. I'm like, how can you survive without a numpad? I need a numpad, you know what I mean? Like, I need one. I don't know how you've been surviving without one. Yeah, well. I need one too. Because, because you just get used to it. When you have a numpad, you just, like, you just quickly get used to it, as opposed to just, yeah, yeah. yeah. like, you just use your right hand, get used to it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, all the enthusiasts love the 60%. They need a 60%. But, um, yeah, like, the case itself cost me 200 I upgraded on, like the housing inside the case to be like instead of aluminium i got like brass metal that was an extra 40. my switches are going to cost like 80. the keycap set the colors on top maybe like maybe like 60 70 and like it's one of those things where i knew it cost a lot but i'm like you know what it has oh and each switch needs to be lubricated <laughs> lubricate each switch you need to open up the switch Paint it with lubricant, close it up, and it's like, oh, why do people do this? Why after do you lube it, do you have to lube it again after every year? Probably not, until you realize the difference is there. Like, when you watch videos of lubed versus unlubed switches, you, like, can't really hear it. But after you watch so many, you're like, no, those definitely don't have, <laughs> don't have switches. They're like butterfly, right? But, yeah, we'll, we'll see when everything comes. I hope to build on soon. Um, I was ideally looking for a wireless one, but it's so hard to build a wireless inside an aluminium housing. We won't go too much into it, but I want to move on swiftly unless you have any last words to say because it's a wild hobby that I didn't even know I'd be into. I just bought it today. After you told me that you can't live without a numpad, I wrote down, I'm going to start looking for like a keyboard with a numpad. Because if it's that game-changing, then I need one. So that, that's what like, I'll do. Because when you do numbers, you have to use, like, you go one, two, three on top, right? Like, I can't do that. Like, when I'm at work, I'm just typing, and then if I need a number, like, I, it's, I've been using it for so long, it's just instinctive. Like, you just know where everything is. You just, like, start doing it. And then that's why, for me, it's essential. It's a must. It's a need. I deal with numbers every day. So, like, efficiency-wise, it's one of those things, right? But, um... Yeah, look, if you want to build a keyboard, I'll be more than happy to build one for you. If it's a project, you're just like, yeah, why not? Let's just build one. Because it's one of those things you're going to use all the time. Use a keyboard every day. You don't realize it. But um, yeah, this is a 
a little hobby that I decided to dive in headfirst in. First the cat, now the keyboard, Jesus Christ. It's crazy how, it's that's sort of how COVID works, where all the money that would have went to traveling, hotels, flight tickets, it has to be funneled somewhere. Like money has to go somewhere. People just, people don't really save much or like it's hard to save. Like it just yeah. gets funneled into other industries and and yeah. Like it is what it is at the end of the day, but talking about another industry really quickly, last one. Crypto is finally on the rise again after so long. It's finally going up. ETH has boomed. BTC has boomed. Jeff Bezos is no longer the richest man in the world. Some guy took over him. Yeah, someone took over him. Bernard Arnold? Yeah, I think that's him. Yeah, Bernard Arnold and family, yeah. Oh no. I forgot Damn. what he does. He I owns really um, all the big brands like Louis Vuitton, Oriton, yes. Hennessy. Yes. Um, etc. Wow, no way. Whoa, you're right. Damn, they're not a knot. Crazy. Yeah, I think he acquired something in the last couple of days or something that, or Bezos bought something in the last couple of days that made him like drop down. But it's like, Jesus Christ, like, my God. Man, these three freaking hydros, three headed hydros, make like Bill Gates, who's worth 132 billion, look small. I know, man. I know. It's, I can't believe it. Bill Gates, 132 billion. Elon Musk, 182, 193, 197. But I think Bezos will eventually go back oh, to the top. This is perfect that we're talking about this. Let me show you a graph that I built. Um, I think you showed me it the other day. Oh, uh, did we? The wealth Where graph? Like, yeah, the yeah. wealth graph. Oh, yeah, we did. We went through it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The one that you go, like, all the way to the top here it's crazy though like i'm just i'm just here thinking like oh and on top of that um there was a new bunch of crypto punks that came out the covid crypto punks i don't know if you saw that they sold out really really quickly crypto punks so literally a month ago i was looking at them the base price was 20th or like 18th now the base price is 50th CryptoPunks are like, like it's, it's, it's booming and like I wish I would have gotten one too. I'm like, hopefully this is just a sort of mini, what do you call it? Ball, mini peak, what do you call it? Mini, I don't know what you call it. But and yeah, hopefully it just drops, yeah, hopefully it drops back down so I could buy one. But CryptoPunks 3x in price. 49.2 ETH, base price one, three figures, sorry, six figures. 150k jesus christ bro what is going on and, and eth is increasing so that means it's compounded the co the cost of an eth is increasing but then the it's costing more ETHs to buy a crypto punk a crypto punk yeah 100 percent. and it's like my god dude like the lowest one 49.2 eth and it's just like oh my god now i'm really considering like potentially pulling out my money on bitcoin or, or crypto but i'm like you know what Hold it. You're, obviously, you're still holding it, right? Like, you're going to hold it for ages. All right. If you hold oh, it. Oh, before we move on to CryptoBunks. So, with CryptoBunks, you can't buy it. Like, if there's a sale price, you bid for the price they're looking for, and then they accept it. But somehow, there's, like, some strategy that these big guys, they bribe their way. Somehow, they bought, like, within an hour, they bought, like, 20 CryptoBunks in one go, within one hour. 
uh, like I don't know how they did oh. it, but yeah. That's so much money. What? Yeah. So investors, companies are getting into CryptoPunks now. Didn't Gary Vee get into CryptoPunks? Yeah, he bought the. He bought. He spent one sixteen hundred ETH. Spent like a million, like like two three million, buying like the eight CryptoPunk. Yeah. Sixteen hundred ETH. Yeah. My God, Logan Paul got offered like 700k or yes. something for a CryptoPunk as well. I was seeing that. Yeah, I was like, what the hell? Like, all these big people. Wait, I'll just type in Logan Paul NFT. It's only a matter of time before. Wait, Logan Paul sells 5 million worth of NFTs. That was earlier in the year. But like Gary Vee to buy 1,600. That's mental. Imagine if Mr. Beast comes out with his NFT. If Mr. Beast comes out with an NFT, it's game over. It's honestly game over. Damn, that's crazy. Now, Christian, so my crypto prefer, it's finally balanced. It's finally like, I'm finally the green. And like, it's like, oh, wow, that took a while. I know you got in a bit later. So how is your, is it breaking even yet? Or is it still a bit in the red? I'm green. I'm all green. Oh, nice, nice. Because I only put a little bit of money into it. I regret Dude, last week, when we recorded this last week, or the week before, it was 29k USD. That was the price of BTC, 29k. Yes. And I was like hesitant. It's literally right now at 45k. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. And I was like, should I buy a little bit more now? Nah, it could drop more. Now it's at 45k. Now, obviously, this happens all the time with anything. You like, you look at something and it's like, but I'm finally in the green. I've only made six hundred dollars so like it is what it is at the end of the day i'm more exposed into eth than i am into btc like 60 percent exposed into eth when i really should have been i should have pumped all oh, andy i'm spiraling i should have pumped more into btc but um yeah so you're in the green right finally everything finally in the green. and then i think i'm gonna like do the same strategy where like right now every morning I just look at my portfolio see what's the furthest from its goal put in a $50 buy order and I build like a pyramid where it's like for example I'm trying to buy more ADA so I'm like say $1,000 in orders for ADA at 36 cent then like 900 at 77 cent and then like 300 at say $1 so I build this pyramid I keep bringing it up until I, it buys. And if it keeps going up, maybe it no longer becomes the smallest um, ratio because now it's been higher priced. So we use the same strategy for selling. So I'm going to transfer all my ETH into my Binance account and set like a sell order, like say $50 worth of ETH at, I don't know, 5,000. Then $100 at 5,500. Then $200 and just create like a pyramid on selling. Uh, that, that's the plan at least. And then don't hold ETH on Binance. You hold it on a different platform. Yeah, I had it on. I've been buying crypto on this platform called BTC Markets. It's like an Australian, but then it's a bit confusing because now, like, I'm looking at the USD price and the AUD price, and sometimes I still get confused because sometimes I catch up with my high school friends and we're talking about different prices. And they're like, "Oh, did you know Aiden's is like back up to two dollars?" I'm like, "What? No way!" And I look, it's like, "Oh, that's two dollars AUD." yeah not usd 100 percent, but um yeah like it's, so you want to sell your eth 
Oh, 5,000 is a lot. I reckon it'll hit 5K because apparently there's some new software or something associated with it. So like, I reckon it could keep going, especially because ETH is a currency or buy these crypto bucks. Like, I only sell like $50 at a time, which would be like 0.0001 ETH or something. Yeah. But I'll be like, do many, many little sell orders. And like, I think that's the lesson I learned. Like I want to sell at the top so I can buy more at the bottom. And with the current former, I think it will work. We'll see. Yeah, surely. It's only a matter of time anyway. It'll 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 work. It'll everything will go back to normal. We'll I mean it took a while, but <laughs> from that day when crypto just went down to the we were like we don't want to talk about finance. Yeah, it, it's finally back up. The world the simulation is finally resetting. Everything is going back to normal. And we move on. Shall, shall we? Shall we wrap it up here, sir? I agree. Great, solid episode. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, initially, I was trying to go off, go off like a bunch of different topics, but we we had a few solid conversations on a few different things. Let us know how you enjoyed this episode compared to others. And yeah, Christian, you can wrap it up. Thank you guys for listening again. Eighth um, of August, Sunday. See you guys next week on episode forty-eight closing so we're going to be reacting to old clips on 58 yeah and two weeks time that'll be oh my god i'm gonna crease i'm gonna cringe i'm worried of two things either one it's gonna be so cringy and you're gonna be so funny or two that we're the exact same people yeah yeah i think we might be the exact same but who knows who honestly knows i want to cringe a lot because if if i cringe a lot that means there's a lot of growth if i don't cringe too much then i'm like i'm the same person which is not a good thing it's also not a bad thing either that's true that's true you can take you can take it with a pinch of salt either way so yeah thank you guys so much for listening we'll wrap it up there and we'll see you guys next week cheers peace guys